Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers by writers. To keep you writing. I'm Nick. I'm LP. And I'm Will. And joining us this week are three special guests. Although, probably couldn't call them guests after this episode. But we have Shingai, Samim, and Gabe here with us today. Hello, guys. Welcome. Yay. Hi. Hi. So, as things get busy, as they do during the summer, like last year when we kind of dropped a couple of episodes, um, we wanted to be prepared. So rather than having you guys miss our fortnightly episodes, we brought in some co-hosts. But before we can bring co-hosts into co-host, we need to introduce you to them. So, welcome, Shingai, and Gabriel, and Samim. Will? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, what you do, what you'd like to write, whatever you want. Um, Keep it like, you know, PG-13, you know? I know how Gabriel likes to get. So, um, Shingai, would you like to start? Sure. Um, I'm Shingai Njeri Kagunda. I am an Afro-surrealist slash Afro-futurist writer, originally from Nairobi, Kenya. I have been in the United States of America since 2019, when I got accepted into an MFA program at Brown. And I did my MFA in literary arts, graduated in 2021, and have been working in various different places since then. I published a novella in 2021, I want to say, I think it was. <laughs> and it won the Ignite Awards <laughs> last year, which was really, really fun and really, really exciting. And um, I'm honored to be here and to just be able to talk about writing with these creatives and dope-ass people. Amazing. Um, Samim, introduce yourself. Hi, Hi I'm Samim Siddiqui. Um, I'm a writer of, uh, I guess, a lot of random different genres. What I've published so far has been mostly science fiction, um, but I also write surreal and fantasy and um, sometimes mix all of that together. Um, which hopefully will be out in the world uh, someday. Um, I've been tinkering with writing for, for a long time, but I think really started taking it more seriously back in 2018 um, when I stopped trying to write novels and start to write short fiction instead. Uh, and since then, um, I've had uh, a handful of short fiction stories published uh, in Clark's World, Aberration Lit, um, and an anthology called Someone in Time, um, which is a time travel romance anthology um and yeah i'm working on my first novel um i don't think it's actually my first novel that i've ever started but it's uh, hopefully the first one that i ever finish yeah that's awesome and gabe you've been on the show before in a previous episode entitled the immortals with uh myself rj billy and you actually um i have because Gabe is a part of my writing group that we meet every other Sunday. So go ahead. Tell us. We try to, we try, we try to. to meet. Well, we, uh, we still are very consistent. Yeah. But we, we so, are. Go ahead. So yeah. I'm Gabe. Um, well, my name is Gabriel Forcelledo, but I go by Gabriel F. Salmeron because of reasons. And uh, I'm a Mexican writer I originally only wrote fantasy, but thanks to my writing group and 
a bit of like a bit of being pushed by my writing group, but also seeing what they wrote. Like I honestly, during my career of, I mean, my writing career as, as it has gone, I never read short stories. It was only like addiction to reading fantasy and sci-fi growing up and then seeing all the amazing things people wrote, especially, well, starting with my writing group. I've dabbled in other stuff that I never thought I would be excited about, like a post-apocalyptic, like hopeful story and uh, like historical fantasy, all those things. I was just, it was never in my radar. And thanks to seeing, thanks to my community, it's a thing that I've, I'm now excited about. I'm also a knife maker, but most important of all, I have seven dogs. That's my defining characteristic. I seven love dogs. dogs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's not a joke. <laughs> so usually, like we are, for our interviews, we usually have this little um, phrase catch that we ask all our uh, writers. And I forgot, Shingai, you've been on the podcast also before as well on one of our like our only our second episode, I believe, of Just Keep Writing While Black. I'm so sorry if I didn't mention that either, um, which was an amazing interview. And we'll put it in the show notes so that um, everyone can also listen to that one. Like it was episode 60. Oh, thank you. I, I put it there in my notes. Oh, you put it, oh, you saw okay, it. <laughs> That's amazing. So I want to ask each of you, in one word, I want you to describe your writing journey. Gabe, you should have known this question was coming. So if you're not prepared. Oh, I am you. prepared with the three words, not just the one. I just, we're going to do <laughs> one each. And then we're going to unpack just one it. word. Yeah. Just one word. A little challenging. The journey, not the writing itself. The journey. Yeah. Let's talk about the journey. I mean, unless, you know what? LP seems like he has a lot to say. So go ahead, LP. He always does. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. All right. all right. I can't believe I have Will and Shingai here. This is going to be the for me. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> maybe let them have the three words because one word is a lot to distill a writing career into. Okay, I'll be generous. So three words to describe your writing journey so far. So go ahead, Gabe, go for it. Um, so I came prepared, I cheated. So my three words would be community, hopeful, and a bit of uh, more cheating, mental health, as in one word. That's, I think that's how I would put it. So I have to unpack them myself? Yes, you do. <laughs> Okay, so um, community, because like that's literally the thing that has kept me writing the most, like by a long shot. That I started, I mean, it was a lonely journey at the start, but after I started meeting people, that's the thing that motivates me more to write. Obviously for me and for the passion of it, but most of the time it's just, I want to show this to my friends, which mm -hmm. are now, my writing groups are now, as I say it, people that I would invite to my wedding which is now literally part of my extended family. So yeah, it's my writing community is just amazing. It's what holds me up. And when I publish, because I haven't published, um, it's mostly because of them. Not, I mean, yeah, I, I would have written the words, but it's my community. Without them, I would not be able to do this. So yeah, and uh, that goes into my next word, which is hopeful because I mean, I haven't published, but I know that I will because of uh, because of my 
my groups, my people, and uh, that I, I love to do this. And uh, and then we go to mental health, which is the main reason that I haven't been able to publish. Because, I mean, I've been writing for, I started in 2015, if I remember correctly. And it's been a struggle. I have ADHD. And I've I was diagnosed about like a year and a half ago. And that has been like, before that, it was just a struggle every single day to start writing. Once I started, it, it's amazing. It's very similar to exercise. It takes it takes some activation energy to do the thing. But now, once I'm in, I can do it. But it was year. I even spent like a year and a half, maybe two years, without writing a single word. So because because of that, like, and it hurt every single day. Like thinking of I want to write and just not being able to. So so yeah, after diagnosis. And uh, after getting medication and more support from my my community, I've been able to relatively consistently write, which it's still struggle, but it's way different than it was before. So, so yeah, I'm very hopeful about my career because of the support that I have, and post diagnosis and medication is just marvelous. So, so yeah. Thank you so much, Gabe, for that illuminating response. Um, I do this to him at our uh, at our uh, <clears throat> writing group. So after they give their critique, so um, who would like to go next? I'm not going to pick. Or um, LP, better yet, why don't you pick? Who should go next? <laughs> Absolutely, Samini, so you ready? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I could echo everything Gabe just said. Honestly, the first two words that came to mind were community and hopeful. Um, so scratch those out um, after Gabe started. Um, I think the next words that sort of came to mind, and I like to alliterate sometimes. So they're uh, disjointed, dreamy, and daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess if I have to, to elaborate, I think... Um, Disjointed just because I've had a lot of starts and stops um, and uh, I've not consistently um, been pursuing writing, uh, sort of revisited it periodically throughout my life. Um, And I think after many, many decades, I sort of realized uh, this isn't going away. This keeps coming back, Um, you know, uh, regardless of getting a practical day job and, um, having a family or whatever, like it's, it's not going to go away. And, uh, I felt sort of very lucky when I realized that like, this is a very special thing. Um, and I need to take better care of it. Um, and I think the dreamy dreaminess sort of comes in there because I think it comes back a lot because, uh, going through the routines, just sort of pause or not even pause without realizing it sort of start dreaming. Um, of what different stories could be, what different futures could look like, what different worlds could be. Um, and the most random things might set me off going down that path. Uh, and so again, it was sort of like, a, hey, this is something special that I should learn how to nurture. Um, and sort of, I think, uh, I think maybe being a parent has also made me realize, like, if there's something you love, there's a lot of care that you have to put into it. It doesn't just like continue being something you love just because. Um, and so uh, I would say, interestingly, I think a lot of my like taking writing more seriously has come post parenthood as well. So there's probably some some stuff tied together there. Um, and then daunting, um, I think, because it's a lot, um, and it's a lot on top of 
you know, what is already a lot in day-to-day life um, to, to manage and deal with. And I think uh, as much as we might love it, it's often a pretty thankless and challenging um, pursuit. Um, so, I th- and I think that's where community has been super, super positive, uh, just to meet other people sharing the same uh, dreams and desires. And uh, I've been super lucky to meet everyone here and, you know, broader community or all around the world um, that is super excited, super encouraging, wants to not only share what they're working on, but wants to hear uh, what you're working on, what you're struggling with. Um, and so that's all. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I think from both of you, I also deeply agree with community. I feel like, <laughs> um, I think it's the one deeply affirming thing about being a, ra- a writer um, is the fact that like you have people who understand what it is to live in imaginary worlds <laughs> um, and who have been trying to do that for a really long time. I'm also going to cheat like Gabe and <laughs> use two words for an idea instead of a word. Um, possible realities because I was thinking about imagination but then I loved Samim's specificity with dreamy (laughs) and I'm thinking for me imagination what I what I'm trying to get to is is possible realities that like living in our imagination is living in the possible realities of our world and that's what we are writing into existence um and i think that's something that has been a huge part of what i write and why i write and i think the third concept more recently has been liberation and thinking about what that means and thinking about liberation for who and how um and that's I'm also working on a novel right now and that's like seeping into the crevices and the cracks and the corners of, of the story as I'm building the world and just like my um, disillusionment with the world that exists <laughs> makes it important for me to, to think about that. That was really great answers. I think, you know, I think the the commonality that we're all talking about is community. And this is one of the reasons, you know, why I wanted to bring the three of you on um, to share your stories and your expertise. And I'm really excited. And so I'm going to turn this over to um, Nick, actually, to start off the next question. Yeah, no, thank you for turning it over to me. So, uh, I mean, mean, I'm in the, the tail end of my MFA. Um, and one of the classes I'm in is pedagogy, right? Learning how to structure a class. <clears throat> and uh, there's a there's always this debate, but I just want to ask you guys a question of why is fiction important to you? And I'm going to start with Samim and then Shingai and Gabe. Do you mean why is it important uh, like in the world in general or to write and produce it? I mean... Yeah, why is it important to you both in the world and to write and produce? Um, I mean, I guess in the world, I think it's a pretty like fundamental, uh, and I'm not a historian or anything, but I think it's a pretty like fundamental um, 
tool or technology that like we've used for you know countless thousands of years probably um and it is just a really great way that someone somewhere in our ancestry developed to, to communicate and share ideas um or just to kill time and have fun um like whichever one it is uh, or both at the same time um or to share lessons or teach um or you know share warnings or uh i mean or the other end of it is to manipulate and spread gossip and whatnot like it's it's just a very very fundamental and powerful tool um for our society um and so it, it's really difficult to imagine uh what society would be without it um i don't think it's possible uh because i feel like a lot of society what we think of society is a story itself um so i don't know i'm getting probably way too meta now so i'm going to shift to why it's important to me personally um i think uh i think sort of going going off of that i think the communication aspect of it is a big deal um i think there's a there's like a notion that um being a writer is a really lonely pursuit and it's just somebody like locked away, you know, at a typewriter for hours and hours. And sometimes it is that, but I feel like for me personally, um, a lot of it is an excitement to sort of like solidify and clarify my ideas and the stuff that's going on in my head and the stories that, uh, sort of my brain involuntarily produces, um, to make them communicable, um, and to share the ideas that I'm excited to share. Um, so that's that's a really important aspect of it, um, and it's just it's just fun. Even if no one's going to read it, it's fun for me to like elaborate on my own dreams. It's, it's more than I can keep in my head, um, I guess. Um, so I can daydream about stuff, and it's really easy when you daydream over many many years about the same story to ignore the plot holes because your mind probably just blurs them out. So yeah, I, f- I feel like I can keep going on on this. Um, I'll give somebody else a chance. Shingai. I love that answer. I think also, like, one of my favorite quotes of all time is that stories are just data with a soul. Um, And I think that's why fiction is important to me, because it's like, it's information with a soul, (laughs) like with a spirit. (laughs) Um, And that's what connects to humans, because, like, we're very much spirit oriented um in my personal opinion and i think that fiction allows us to learn about ourselves and the world that we live in in a way that connects to both our minds and our spirit that's a great answer damn yeah yeah. (laughs) um i'll jump off a bit uh, off shingai in the sense that what i feel is important to me and has been more recently, because before growing up, fiction was important to me as a way to escape, like literally the the cliche of having it as a means of escape. Like lit, that was my life. That was growing up. But recently, it has been the vehicle to hear voices I wouldn't otherwise hear. And it's t- like to see the soul of other people. That's And that, I think, connects to my other thought about it is that I've recently felt it's a way... And it's a necessary way of like rebellion. It's one of the best ways we have as writers, like to, we're not limited of what we can write. Then we're limited afterwards, what we can publish, of course. 
but what we can write, we can do whatever the hell we want. And the more I write and the more I read of my friends, it feels that I'm seeing that soul of others. And more and more, I see that rebellion of people like I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. Sure. Doesn't matter who reads it, but it's out there now. And that's, and that's how we see more voices. We see more people that we hadn't seen before. And I think it's, yeah, this is never going away. It's so important to my life, both as a, as a means to, again, to keep escaping, but also to, I mean, to show, to give the world what I want to say, what I would like to say. And I think, yeah, there's no better way to do it. LP? LP? Uh, I have two questions. Uh, the first one, um, if you don't know, I'm kind of obsessed with short story collections. Uh, we just read uh, for Just Keep Writing While Black in February, um, Yvette Lisa DeLovu's uh, Drinking from Graveyard Wells, which is really nice. Um, and really nice because she didn't write those stories to hang together. She just wrote those stories. And there were just themes that her writing circles around. And because of that, like they ended up going together naturally. I'm curious if, each of you could speak to some of the themes that your work circle around. And when you're done, I have a second question. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Shingai gave this meme. Mm. What would you say? Mm. Um, so for the longest time, my work has in, I think been about like, Fucking with linear conceptualizations of time. <laughs> um, that's something that I'm really interested in. And also grief, whether I want to or not, I end up writing about grief. <laughs> it just comes up in my work because it's come up in my life. Um, so that's a theme that, that comes up a lot. And I think, I think there's also, chosen family but like in the unexpected like small ways and I think that comes from it comes from the queer lens to some degree yeah so I'm uh, taking two of uh, Shingai's as well which is the found family but also I think with it I guess my own twist I mean as all our writings are with our twists in the sense that, for me, where I grew up, family for everyone was like the main thing. Family. There's nothing more than family. But the people that have my have had my back more in my life have been my found family, like, and not in the sense of the stories and just like the your neighbor becoming the friend and then you have your story. But no, it's literally most of my found family is stronger than my blood family my the family i didn't choose so it's a thing that i love to explore in stories in everywhere every way that i can and also death and loss that's that's yeah i cannot write anything without having some contemplation of it because yeah again uh, as you said at shingai it's it's been i've i've seen it in my life so yeah it's something that is i would say rarely done in in a i don't know if this is the correct word like comprehensive way in a real way without with all the awful parts but also 
there are good parts. I mean, there that's the balance you have in in death. There are things that some things that we don't talk about, be it with euphemisms, like there's things we shy away from talking about death and grief. So that's a hell of exploring all those things. And dogs. <laughs> Every single one of my story has to have a dog and they do not die. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the first time I wrote uh, sort of like full length short story and shared it with a writing group, the main piece of feedback I got was that there's way too many themes for a short story. Um, so uh, it's kind of hard for me to to pick these out because I feel like I float around a bunch. Um, but I think the things that sort of are pretty recurrent in my stories are um, probably like a, I don't know, a dialogue with religion um, is pretty common. Um, and uh, I think a dialogue with ancestry um, whether it's a story that takes place in space hundreds of years from now or a story that takes place today or in the past, um, I feel like there's always a dialogue with where we're coming from uh, and generations past. Um, and then I also think, um, I don't know, space definitely comes up a lot. And so sort of, um, I think as a way to, to tear up um, the mundane um, and, I don't know, put a lens on it. Um, yeah. And then I think just in general, I think there's a lot of recurring themes around um, gender and queer identities uh, that are just kind of like the baseline world building for me. Um, so it comes up a lot. I love that. Um, kind of tied to this question in a somewhat peripheral, but also very specific way. Um I feel like the things that we read influence the way that we show up for our writing, right? And so I'm curious what texts you think of as companions to the kind of work that you do or ancestors to the kind of work that you do. Like, what pieces are you excited when you hear your work compared to or, or placed beside? Or when someone says, hey, this looks like this is in the lineage of? Damn, it is a big question. It's a I huge mean, question. Yeah, so I mean... I'll I'll talk while you guys tell me when someone's ready. I mean, if we're like what works we would like to be like in comparison to or what inspires us or what we would like to be next to. I mean I'm inspired by the fifth season. I love it when people put me and Brent's work together. You and Brent's work together. Yeah. That makes me very happy. Um that's a really hard one. I I think Cameron Hurley in some ways, because I like I like a lot of the messiness in her books, you know, and the character, what I love about her is that the women are allowed to be messy and they're queer and they're complex. And I don't think you get to see enough of that. You either see this really flip side of like evil, like true, like they're just, you know, black and white evil or just the typical hero, you know? And I think when we can allow to see um, like queer people also be messy and, and um, people you don't normally get to see have all these layers, I think it's really important. 
But on the flip side too, like I would say like, I guess Lee Bardugo is, would be my other one just because like, I really love young adult. And I think the way that she writes is a lot of the, her young adult characters also have um, some moral dilemmas in some ways. Um, and I think sometimes I heard someone say about specifically six of crows. And I don't know if this came up in one of our episodes of the podcast. Uh, whenever someone's ready, just raise your hand. Go Gabe. Um, um, can you go some You also raise your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can go I can if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think I would divide my like. I don't know. My my like literary life into a couple of different phases. So I'm not going to go through all of them here, but I think that there were some like foundational texts that caught me in a time when I didn't feel interested in reading fiction at all. Um, that sort of made me feel like, oh shit, there's a lot, a lot more out there, obviously, but. Uh, also inspired me to think like, oh, there's more I could do with this. Um, and I think like, uh, I feel like everybody says this now, so sorry, but um, I feel like discovering Octavia Butler, um, particularly Kindred, um, was like huge for me uh, and just made me feel like, um, I think that I think that was recommended to me when I was in my like, early 20s. And I was like, oh, I want to get into sci-fi, but everything is just like classic, boring, old white men. Uh, and a friend of mine recommended that to me and I was like blown away that there's this whole world that like I was too ignorant to know about. Um, and, um, so that, that was a big deal. I think discovering, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, particularly the book Science of Titan was a big deal. It was just like, you can be super goofy and super harsh, um, and critical of society at the same time. So I really appreciated that. Um, and then a handful of books by, um, I think Kuroki Murakami, I think this is also very early twenties thing to say but um i think it was just good for me to like get out of um feeling trapped by uh particularly i think at that time um not all but a lot of south asian fiction was very if it was uh in the diaspora a lot of it was very um piney and i love a lot of this this is not a critique but it was a lot of pining about sort of like migration and um, partition and colonialism, all stuff that I also read about and is really important to me. Um, but I felt like I needed to see something different. Um, and I think it, it did exist in South Asian communities. I just wasn't finding it at the time. Um, for some reason, the book that came out, that came to mind more recently when we started talking, uh, I mean, Fifth Season is definitely one of them, healthy uh, for me too. Um, but I think... Um, Nine Bar Blues was also sort of like a, I love the mix of surreal sci-fi and that, and it like, it really hit on so many things that I, I'm trying to do and learn how to do. Um, and I, she was, she happened to be in my hometown this week. So I got um, to see her at my local library and get the book signed. Um, so that was nice. Um, but yeah, I think seeing that, and then there's a lot of like random short story collections um, from like 15, 20 years ago, uh, that I, I like discovered during the pandemic um, that were like a lot of post-colonial science fiction fantasy um, that I think just, I don't know, opened up my eyes and made me feel like those are the places I wanted to be. I think I'm not answering your question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I think, uh, I think I'll just say like a lot of, um, a lot of it is more about, I guess, the community um, that I like to be like part of um, rather than any specific work. Um, yeah. 
Um, I mean, if I have to be specific, like first off, and lately the thing that kickstarted my writing career, let's say, it's Avatar: The Last Airbender. Because, I mean, that story does so many things that make me happy in character, in world building, in beats, in so many things. I mean, my magic system is element-based. All the elements of the periodic table, not just the four classical ones. But it's it's from that. And there's so many beats. It I've watched it so many times, and it keeps inspiring, inspiring me. I've seen so many analysis videos of like deep dives into the iceberg of Avatar. And it's it's just so lovely. I I love that story so much. Um in I mean also I mean because I've listened listened to it so many times because I mean Will laughs about this because I use this book audiobook to sleep. <laughs> and it's the King Kill Chronicles, Name of the Wind. Because I mean it strikes a balance of it strikes a balance in my brain to be able to sleep. And I've listened to it so many times because I just get into that world. I mean, obviously there, there are problems. There are, there are things in that story, but it has, it has influenced a bit of my style, I think, and the way, uh, and POV and like mechanical things that I have taken a lot out of it. And but most, more recently, I would say, and I would love to have more, like to drink it in more, is the Greenbone Saga by Fonda Lee. I think that that also does so, so many things that I love. And it speaks to a bit of, to the previous question about the themes. And I think it's such a real story about loss and death and grief and family and all those things. And I think that's, more recently has influenced my story, my main work in progress because of all the amazing things she does. So yeah, I would say those are my main things. Shanghai, what about you? Um, I think very similar to you all. I can't name just like one or two um, works or people. <laughs> Where do I start? One, two, three, four, five. Anyway, um, I have always, for my first novella, said that it would not have been what it was without um, me having encountered River Solomon, the Deep, um, and an August Town by Kai Miller. Kai Miller, to this date, is still one of my favorite writers. Um, yeah, his work is incredible, like both fiction and nonfiction. He has a collection of essays that I really love and poetry. Like he just does all the things, um, which is similar to the other person who I adore, which is Akweke Medzi, <laughs> um, because their work, which I started reading later, like I got on the Akweke train after everyone had had already been there for some time um and i was just like there's no way this person is as good as everyone says they are <laughs> especially when they're producing so much work in such a short amount of time but i was wrong 
I was fooled and on my ass because I read two of their books and consumed them. Like Samim, at a point in time where it was a struggle for me to read, let alone read fiction. Um, so the works that I absolutely loved by them was like Bitter and um, Pet. Yeah. And they have a bunch of other books some also st- in the making yet yeah, to, to come out because they're constantly producing work. Um, who else? Yeah, so it would be incredible to be in conversation, to have my work in conversation with their work. Um, I also, Octavia, 100% literary ancestor. Um, her body and other parties. That's true. I have, I was obsessed with Carmen Maria Machado and I want to say Namvali Sarpel, The Old Drift. Um, that was a really beautiful book that showed me how you can combine history, um, surrealism, and Afrofuturism all in one story. <laughs> um, and Chintu. Um, by Jennifer Makumbi, who is a Ugandan writer, and it's a Ugandan epic. It's really, really gorgeous and gave me permission in so many ways with my own writing. I'm currently reading The Last Strife, and that's another book that like has been really helpful for the work that I'm creating right now. Um, and hopefully one day my work can be in conversation with it too. Okay, I'm done. Nice. Thanks, guys, for sharing all those. So now people who like those books and like the themes that you're working with, they'd be like, oh, let me go ahead and look up what Samim's doing, what the Shingai's doing, and let me me poke Gabe until I can see some of his stuff in public. That'll be great. Yeah. Nick, our next question. So coming into this, and you guys all give great answers about, you know, why you write is revolving around community. Um, what are you hoping with your current skill set, skill sets, and where you're at with writing? What are your hopes and how you can give back to others? What are you, what are your intentions there? Like, what's your dream of giving back to someone else with where you're at? If that question makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Gabe. We'll go with you, Shingai, and then Samim. Um. So. There's a thing that I started thinking like from the first two years, maybe that I started writing and my, I don't know, mid long-term goal would be to bring all that I've learned into Mexico and into Latin America. Cause the, I mean, fiction is, has a special, not in the good way, a special place in Latin American literature in the sense that it's, it's frowned upon in general, like both in classes and like in the literary um, uh, medium. And like I would, I've seen it so many times, like uh, young people wanting to write, but being pushed towards literary and uh, historical, but just our good old fantasy, sci-fi, all that fiction, I just don't see it happening as much as it could here in Latin America. And like, I would like to have to translate all that information that I've learned into Spanish, basically. Like that's 
a thing that I would adore to do, to give classes here or my own podcast. Wink. Um, so, so yeah, that that's basically my dream about what I've learned and what I will learn, and also like platform the community that I have and will have to help people not like not even English as second language, just people writing in Spanish, just help have that out there. So yeah, that's, that's my goal. I love that. And I'm going to piggyback a little bit <laughs> and just say that like bringing it back home is also super important to me. Like, um, I saw in the comments LP put Zanzibar question mark because my dream, and I've shared this with the Voodoo community, has always been to have like a writing safe space in Zanzibar, which is my favorite place on earth. <laughs> um, a small island off of the coast of East Africa. And um, the history of Zanzibar and Tanzania is, is deeply socialist, which I absolutely love. Um, And I think that there has, there is a lot of room for using writing as a tool for liberation and thinking about what um, teaching writing can offer to, to folks who want to tell their story. It's very cliche and very simple, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's something that I'm really invested in. I'm really invested in teaching. Um, I didn't think that I wanted to become a teacher, but I immediately I became a teacher. I was like, this damn, I'm stuck for the rest of my life. This is it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of part of what I want to give back and to create possible alternative realities. I think one of my goals is to, um, I don't know, be one motivation for working harder at this, uh, that I've had in the past is if I can work hard and open up more doors for myself, I will hopefully get to a point where there's more doors and I can walk through and I can therefore like welcome people um, through them. And I think I've been very fortunate that, um, you know, I've seen, I've seen that happen. I've seen an opportunity handed to me because a writer who had not similar style, but I guess, I don't know, writer knew of an opportunity and thought it'd be perfect for it and they were too busy for it and passed it along. Um, and I was so touched by somebody doing that. Um, and it wasn't like a, yeah, you automatically got this, but it was like, I don't know, a conversation starter, um, which I really appreciated. And I think being in a position where I can help start more of those conversations would be amazing. Um, and, uh, that all is predicated on being really good myself. So I have to work, work harder at that. Um, And then I think also, um, and one of the things I mentioned before is just being, being in conversation with, uh, religion. And I think, um, alongside that is religious community. Um, and I think often, often one thing that maybe keeps me from writing is, um, a worry about the critique from my own community. Um, and I hope that I get to a point where I can, um, you know, be confident enough to welcome that critique and then say, Hey, if you don't like the world that I'm building, I want you to write a story about what you think. And like, there should be more of our voices in this. Um, and, 
I, I know I'm not the only one out there sort of working towards this, but I'd love to, to just be part of that and continue welcoming, welcoming more voices in. Um, Samin, Peggy, like talking to you, you mentioned fear, right? So I want to ask the three of you this, what, um, what makes you afraid about your writing? And that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it can be something, this is making me fearful and I'm going to write about it because you're going to walk through it or you're going to challenge yourself. So um, why don't we go with Gabe, then Shanghai, then Samin? Yeah, I thought that would be like a hard question for me, but I like it quickly came. And I think it's unmasking mostly things about mental health and about like generational beliefs that I've had to fight all my life. And like the, as I mentioned before, like with my family, having being in a place that I'm not comfortable at and being able like to fight back. And in that sense, that's going to, that's going to show in my writing. And eventually those people are going to see it because I mean, that's my hope to be, to have such a, a readership that it's eventually going to reach them. And that, honestly, that scares the shit out of me. Both, I mean, both close by and also, I mean, things talking about um, fighting against uh, narcos in Mexico and uh, the corruption and all those things, like that the physically literally scares me because, I mean, you you never know. It's, I mean, that's that's the phrase here in Mexico. You never know who that person is. So that's that's something that I'm, both close to home and further away. That's something like putting myself out there completely that, yeah, that scares the shit out of me. Like literally just unmasking all the things, having all the things inside me out there. And I mean, that's, that's always scary as a writer because whoever reads you reads more, sees more of you than would see in a conversation. So yeah, that's, that's so scary. Shagai, what about you? Um, I resonate with so much of what Gabe said. And I also just like to to bring it back to what Samim said earlier. Um, there's a fear of your own community <laughs> and betraying them and betraying their trust. And I think for me this has multiple like different layers one being being queer in kenya is illegal and that's constantly a battle right now in social media it's a battle because we just got one step forward and all the institutions that um have received have retained the legacy of homophobia from colonization um, are coming for queer people and queer bodies and queer lives. And my work is deeply queer and it is also deeply Kenyan. And so holding both those things is hard and is scary. And yeah, yeah, I'm never quite sure how to fully navigate and I don't think that I've learned yet. Um, and then kind of similar also to that is I just want to do justice 
to the people that I'm telling the stories about. And I'm so scared that I'll fail them. <laughs> so to Samim's earlier point, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, I know that I won't tell a story perfectly. And I think it's a better problem to have too many stories than too few stories. So where I fail, I'm hoping that someone else will come up and pick up the mantle and tell the, the thing in the story that I told that I missed. Um, yeah, but it's still, it's still a fear that I live with and I work with and I write with. That's a beautiful answer. I mean, both of you, I, I see a lot. So go ahead, Samin, go ahead, you're next. Oh, one, I was, I was going to say, Shanghai, I don't think that would even be a failure on your part. Um, I think you could write the most perfect and beautiful story and there would still be somebody out there telling you that you're wrong. Um, and that's okay. Um, there's just, like you said, there's more than one story um, to be told. And I think that, like you said, it's a great problem to have um, that there are so many. Um, I think my fears are very similar to what you two have said. Um, uh, like my mom reading my stories is a pretty stressful, uh, idea. Um, I think we've gotten to a point where she's encouraging, but doesn't ask to read things anymore, which is great. Um, uh, and similarly, I, I had a, a PhD student in Pakistan reach out to find links to my stories and read them. Um, and, um, there's a lot of queer themes in my stories and, uh, Pakistan is, uh, is a very queer place, but it's also really difficult to be queer there. And, and, um, a lot of ways, despite the, the long history of queer identities there. Um, and a lot of that, like Ching I said, is due to colonial legacy. And there's also a lot of other packets wrapped up in there. Um, I think those are like the most, um, like, I don't know, practical fears. Um, I think the other fears are, uh, just putting all the work in and still not being good enough and just having to to deal with that and hoping that that realization doesn't stop me from trying over and over and over and over and over. So we're almost at the time where we have to wrap it up. So my last question is a question we, you know, ask our guests a lot um, at the end of the episode. So from each of you, um, especially it'll tie in like what we're fearful of. So then what really just keeps you writing? And I will take volunteers of who wants to go first or I can choose. I'll choose. Um, Samin. What keeps me writing? Yes. Uh, I think, I think if we go back to like the three words that we chose, um, I feel like I talked about this a little bit in there. There's just like a, there's like a dreaminess that hasn't gone away. Um, and in fact, it's like comes back harder at me each time. Um, the more, the more I think I have more, you know, day to day practical life responsibilities drowning me out, um, the harder this voice will scream when I lie down to go to bed and sort of kick and scream like a, and throw a tantrum because I haven't paid attention to it. Um, and so I think for, for me personally, there's a desire to explore, um, what different worlds could be like often the future, but not always the future. Um, and do explore it to try to make sense of where we are today and how that could possibly lead to anything, anything but more of today. Um, and so I think a lot of it is what keeps me going and then wanting to share those ideas um, and hear what other people think and hear their criticisms and um, their like you know, positive reinforcement or get their ideas and 
Um, I think the best thing that I've heard from somebody uh, like in reaction to one of my stories was um, just that they, they wanted to stay. It was a short story, but they wanted to stay in that world and learn more about it and explore it. Um, and that was like the, the best thing you could say to me. <laughs> um, and so I think um, feeling like uh, this is a worthy thing that not just I want to explore, but other people would want to explore with me. It's great. That's awesome. Shanghai, what just keeps you writing? I think because stories just make sense to me. <laughs> like, and people are stories. People are made up of stories. Like, it's, it's the only thing that makes sense when everything else doesn't make sense. Like, I've been thinking about this even with my novel draft, as much as it's taken so much fucking time. When I come back to it <laughs> and I'm in the story, I, like, I have fun. Like, it's like, yo, this makes sense. And it's like a puzzle. And I'm trying to figure out the puzzle of the story. And, and it's fun. Um, so that keeps me writing. I know I'll always return to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Gabe? Um, I think as Samim said, I'll circle back to my words. And the main thing is community. Like literally for my friends, the thing that pushes me the most to write is to, to make my friends happy, to, to make the people that, that read my stuff happy. Like even if it's just to have a good time or hopefully have a good cry too. But also, yeah, even if it's a reprieve or just forget about life for a bit, while also not forgetting about life because themes and such. So yeah, that's, it's literally just, I don't feel like I write for myself. It's, yeah, it's mostly for, for other people. Yeah. It sounds simple, but yeah, to make people happy. Maybe it's the people pleaser in me, but also, yeah, it's it's something that moves me a ton. I love that. Um, thank you, uh, all three of you, for doing this tonight and for sharing your experiences and your fears, and also, more importantly, like what makes you have this deep drive to just make art and write. Um, with that said, if everyone would like to tell our listeners of where we can find you on social media, and I will choose. Uh, Samin, go first. Uh, sure. I've not been super, super active these days on social media, but uh, when I am active, I'm on Twitter usually, and it's uh, S underscore M-E-E-M-S. Um, uh, or you can uh, hit up my website at samimwrites.com. Amazing. And Shanghai? Um, you can find me Shanghai Be Like wherever. Twitter, Instagram, Shanghai Be Like. Um, and Voodoonauts. <laughs> Amazing. And Gabe, where can people find you um, in the interwebs? Um, I haven't been quite active lately, but it's, I mean, mostly Twitter. And uh, I think it's at GF Salmeron. But I it suppose is. you'll put those in the show notes. Everything will be in the show notes. That's just what I was going to say. Um, yeah. But, so and also, all, I mean, 
yeah, uh, what, what, ahead. it's just Instagram for the knives, which I haven't posted lately. But if <laughs> you want to check this out, I suppose when this comes out, there's going to be new things. So, yeah, and dogs. I want to post more about my dogs, which I haven't. Amazing. So now that we're just closing it out, I wanted our listeners to realize like this is the first of uh, a multi-part um, episodes that our three new co-hosts are going to be with us. And the next time we all meet, we will be doing a book called Refuse to be Done by Matt Bell. As chosen by our three new co-hosts, there was a vote and this was unanimous. This is what everyone wanted to talk about. Uh, well, probably before you even listen to this, we'll put it in our Discord. So um, people can read with us and enjoy it or listen first and read with it. And, you know, that's it. And this has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. You can find us at justkeepwriting.org. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Feel free to reach out to any of us on our social medias, and please jump in our Just Keep Writing Discord channel. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Lastly, please support our show by going to patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. We offer daily writing prompts, early access to podcast episodes, and much more. Thanks for listening, and just keep writing.